This is TechStamp. The next episode of TechSnap is well underway. But while we wait, I thought we might distract ourselves with a little review of container security. Today's story comes from the Trail of Bits blog. They've taken the time to dissect a recent tweet by Felix Wilhelm that contains a proof-of-concept container escape. At its most basic, the tweet shows an exploit that launches processed on the host system from within a Docker container that's been run with the privileged flag. Now, as you probably already know, the privileged flag introduces significant security concerns, and the exploit relies on launching a Docker container with it enabled. If you're not familiar with the privileged flag, well, it adds a whole bunch of extra features and capabilities that you wouldn't normally need inside a container. And as you guessed, that adds a whole bunch of extra security surface area. It also turns off Linux security modules like AppArmor, and it doesn't make any use of limiting Linux capabilities. Interestingly, because Privileged provides so many privileges, this container escape actually doesn't need all of them. In reality, there's only a few requirements. One, we've got to be running as root inside the container. Two, the container has to be run with the sysadmin Linux capability. It's one of the ones you get with Privileged, obviously. The container must lack an app armor profile or otherwise allow the mount system call. And finally, the C group version 1 virtual file system must be mounted read write inside the container. Now, these all go against sane Docker defaults these days. Thankfully, Docker starts containers with a restricted set of capabilities, which does not include sysadmin. One of the things sysadmin gives you is access to the mount command. Yeah, that's right. Docker also usually starts things with an AppArmor or SE Linux profile attached, which can further prevent the use of the mount system call, even when you have the sysadmin capability. This is a great example of defense in depth security in layers. You never know when one of these things might fail. One thing I found interesting about this particular proof of concept was its abuse of the functionality of notify on release, which is a feature in version one of the Linux kernel cgroup functionality that lets you basically run an exploit as a fully privileged root user. What's it actually doing? Well, when the last task in a cgroup leaves, either by exiting or attaching to another cgroup, a command supplied in the release agent file is executed. The intended use for this is to help prune abandoned cgroups, but As you might expect, this command, once invoked, is run as root user with all privileges on the host. The folks over at Trailbits have done a good job of breaking down just what's going on here and producing a minimal version of this proof of concept, which really shows what's going on. To trigger the exploit, they basically need a cgroup where they can actually set up one of these release agent files and then trigger that file getting run by killing all the processes in that cgroup. The easiest way to accomplish this? Well, that's just to mount a cgroup controller and then create a child cgroup. A key thing to remember here is that cgroup controllers are global resources that can be mounted multiple times with different permissions, and the changes rendered in one mount apply to the others. Next, you basically write a 1 to a notify-on-release file contained within the child cgroup, and you configure it to run a command script. Now, where this gets interesting is... This proof of concept 
abuses the mtab file to figure out what the path to the container file system looks like on the host, right? If you think about it, under var, lib, docker, overlay fs2, there's a whole bunch of docker file systems, depending on where you've configured it and how you've set up docker. All of those are visible on the host, and that means you can see any file inside your container on some full path in the host system. So they grab mtab, parse out where that file system lives, gets the full path, write a custom little script onto the root directory in the container, and then tell the C groups, hey, run this full path on the host system. Finally, with everything in place, they're ready to trigger the exploit. This is done by running a short-lived process within the child C group. Basically, a short little script that just echoes its PID out to a file. Now, once this script ends, that's the last process contained in the C group, and their release agent script is called. That's the exploit. That's the script that gets run on the host system. Now, in this case, all it does is run ps on the host and save that to a file, but you can imagine many more malicious uses. I think this is a great reminder of why securing containers can be difficult and why you, you can't just assume, oh, it's running in a container, it'll be secure. That's just not how it works. And you really need to remember there's many shared resources in the kernel because you're running on the same kernel. And that's just a large attack surface. Now, containers have come a long way and many workloads are run securely using containers. But as always, security is a process. It's not just a guarantee and you need to think about it. You need multiple layers. You should be using something like a Linux security module like AppArmor or SE Linux. You definitely shouldn't be running your containers as root or with the privilege flag or with the sysadmin capability. You also want to be careful about what gets mounted inside your container, right? Anything that's mounted inside has access. So if, if you end up sharing the Docker socket or you share the C group file system, as in this case, those are all great ways to mess with the host system. Another good tactic is to drop all capabilities by default and then only add the capabilities that you need. Sure, it could be a little more tedious, but it forces you to define exactly the security surface you need and not leave a bunch of features on that you're never going to use. In that same vein, there's actually a great no new privileges option that you can use to prevent processes from gaining more privileges. And finally, it's always a good idea to enable resource limits. It won't keep your system secure, but it may help prevent denial of service attacks. This has been your friendly TechSnap security reminder. Stay tuned for a brand new episode of TechSnap later this week.